0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's the True Faith Podcast, and it's been a terrible, terrible evening for Newcastle United. Uh, once again, Steve Bruce has conspired to destroy any form of momentum he got from those scraped wins against Crystal Palace and West Bromwich Albion at the weekend. And he, we've been absolutely destroyed by um, by Bielsa's leads. So, I'm your host, Adam Wedrington. I'm joined by the wonderful voices of Charlotte Robson. Hello. Hi. And Chris Shipman. Hello. Good evening. This is gonna be hard. Uh, but I think we should I think we should all just go straight into the group therapy because this is what we're all here for. We're here for each other. Calm vibes. Um well maybe until we start ranting. Um Charlotte, straight in. We can't really argue with that result, can we?
2: No, we can't. Um I think I think that Carl Darlow had a really good game and he let in five goals. Um that's sort of <laughs> I think that kind of typifies that. I mean, there were some people on Twitter and, and Steve Bruce himself in the post-match comments saying, you know, we were in it until about the 75th minute. We were in it. I don't agree. I don't think from the second half that our um, our formation, I don't think our substitutions worked. I don't think anything was working. Um, and uh, Leeds really hit their stride. So, no, you can't argue with what the scoreline was this evening, much as I am gutted and unhappy to be talking about it it was um it, it does also feel like it was a bit of a long time coming to be honest I think we would do that mm-hmm. yeah um and we've been saying it for ages like we've been it's this luck thing and then and then and then you, you turn out a few performances like even against West Brom like that was a that was a decent game, and um, the subs were right. And Bruce got his. I, I want to be absolutely clear that I'm not going to just sit here and slag off Steve Bruce. That's not. Um,
1: I think you're on the wrong podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, like I want to give credit where it is due, and I felt that there was credit due after West Brom. But I just I can't see it. This it was, you know, this sort of stop-start kind of season. This like you know, a couple of good performances or a couple of okay performances and then something like that. A, a real pummeling was coming our way, I think.
1: Yeah, uh, I probably tend to agree with that. And absolutely right, Charlotte, it has been a season of flux. It's been a lot, it's very stop start there's, there's, There's been very little uh, to speak about momentum uh, throughout, even, you know, even our best performances are always followed by usually abject ones. Um, and Chris... <laughs> given that the abject nature of that second half, um, just how much pressure do you think this puts back on Steve Bruce, especially given the manner of it as well?
3: I think it does put quite a lot of pressure back on him because of the broader context. I think, first of all, we've discussed, and I'm sure we will discuss at even greater length, the abject performance tonight, but also the games that we've got coming up. Fulham is going to be a really big match, not just because we want to put this performance right, although obviously we do, but also because of the games that we've got coming up after it. So as well as the two cup games against Brentford and Arsenal, upcoming in the league, we've got Man City away, Liverpool at home, Leicester at home, Sheffield United away, Arsenal away, and then Leeds again at home. So if you look at those matches, tell me how many points we're probably going to get from that. You'd probably say the only one that we're, you know, in a good shout of getting three points there is probably Sheffield United... Way with the famous Brucey's luck, we might be able to scrape a few more points on top. But by any stretch of the imagination, it's a very difficult run we've got coming up. Yes, we do have the transfer window coming up, but I think what we want to be doing definitely is you know picking up points to to kind of keep us fairly um, far distant ahead of the relegation pack. Obviously, that is an obvious thing to say, but those matches coming up are going to start to, to narrow. Um, that gap below us i don't think it's a it's a really poor performance tonight i don't think it's anything to derail the season over i think we should give it cons- you know constructive criticism but it's not one to kind of panic about however it does need addressing and it needs addressing in just a couple of days time
1: well let's let's rewind back to um pre-match um I'll ask you both this, Charlotte. First, first, you. What, what were your initial thoughts about the lineup and the formation? You know, the personality was using. Were you confident that 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 we'd put out a good enough team to secure all three points tonight, or at least a draw?
2: Mm. I was slightly concerned when I saw the lineup that it, we were going back to a back five because that's what it looked like to me. Although it didn't seem that way when we kicked off. So I do think we drop back so much that it does end up being that. Yeah, that's um, a really good point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was slightly concerned about that. I was pleased to see Fernandez back in the team. Um, after obviously this COVID stuff, he's, um, I think been such a good consistent player, and I do think he had a good first half. I don't think he was as good, um, in the second half. Um, I know I, d- I didn't look. I didn't know loads and loads and loads about Leeds before um before this season really I hadn't paid attention to them in championship um but I did know everyone's talking about their athleticism how Bielsa um works them he's got a really fit squad he's got a very young squad as well um and um and they attack and attack and attack very sort of they've got this identity and um that is always going to be a concern for me. They they don't defend very well, but we don't attack. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is I thought we could snatch a point. I, was, I don't know that I was confident in a win, um, especially with people like Almiron on the bench when what you would want against a team that can't defend very well is pace.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair enough. Chris, um same question at you, and were there any kind of individuals that you would that you would or wouldn't have had in?
3: I think there are a couple of players that rang alarm bells when we saw the lineup come out at five. Um, Jeff Hendrick, I think, chief among them. I don't think there are many Newcastle fans that necessarily relish seeing him in, in a starting lineup, although obviously he did get you know, one of the two goals here, so um, you know, fair play to him there. But I think he wouldn't be in many fans' starting lineups. Uh, and well, he- hang on,
1: I'll, I'll just stop you there, Chris. There's, there's, there's a point. Do you think that his goal justifies his inclusion on the right-hand side of midfield?
3: Um, that's a tough one because obviously he did score and his goals per game ratio for the position he's in is not so bad. However, <laughs> there are other players that I would rather have in his place and I was just going to talk about Jacob Murphy there. Jacob Murphy has played at right wing back, which is not his natural position as we saw tonight, and he was targeted. I would much rather see him further forward. And if Jeff Hendrick is playing in that right wing berth, that stops Jacob Murphy or, or Al Muron or you know a couple of other players getting in that position. So, yeah, he scored and he did well to be in that position, but you know, I, I, I don't want to necessarily see him starting. And for me, it rings alarm bells because he, you know, he's an average player, he, he'll give you kind of seven out of ten most games but I think he when he starts it's indicative of a negative way of thinking on Steve Bruce and the other Steves part about how they see the game going. I don't see Jeff Hendrick as a dynamic a dynamic, you know, forward thinking progressive player, although again caveat, he scored the go- one of the two goals tonight. But I think for me he rings the alarm well because he he implies a sense of conservatism in the way that the team is set up. And, you know, Jeff Hendrick himself doesn't necessarily like playing out on the right. He's he's better suited playing uh, more centrally. So that's a concern. And then just the other player that rang some alarm bells for me, given his performance just a few days ago, and we saw it again tonight, uh, was Jamal Lewis, who was culpable for uh, West Brom's goal the other day. Um, You know, got away with one there. And then particularly in the first half, I think other players regressed to a level later on that made him not stand out as much, but particularly in the kind of first third of the game or so, Jamal Lewis was, you know, he was pretty poor and getting overrun quite a bit on his side on the occasion when Leeds did attack down that side. And then um, a couple of other players that I wasn't necessarily concerned about per se, but just in terms of fitness, Isaac Hayden played fantastically the other day, but has just come back from COVID. So that was a concern. Although I think generally he was okay um, in a side that conceded five. And then Fernandes, we were very glad to see him back, of course. And as Charlotte said, he played better in the first half than the second. But there was that concern there whether he would be up to it. And I think perhaps what we did see in the second half and the fact that we conceded three goals in the last, what was it, 13, 14 minutes, perhaps indicative. And this isn't an excuse, but the fact that Fernandes is coming back directly from COVID and Hayden having played two games in what, four or five days, so yeah, the concerns quite a way through that lineup for me.
1: Yeah, I think for me it was just another example of Steve Bruce playing players out of position. Mm-hmm. And if that if that pulls off, if he pulls that off, then that's you know it's a genius stroke. It's really you know shrewd. It's it, you know he's 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 sort of taking a, he's taking a risk and being bold in a, in a in a in a good way. But when when that di- when that's directly linked to um, a weakness that the opposition have clearly targeted and therefore are exploiting, you've got to raise questions about, you know, we have enough players in that lineup and squ- and, 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 and on the bench there to put, we have enough players to play everybody in that same position in, in their right positions. If you want to play a proper right back, you've got Emil Kraft, who we ended up bringing on. If you want to play a right-winger instead of a centre midfielder on the right wing, you've got Jacob Murphy. You've got Almiron. And, and and this is it for me. The biggest one was Almiron's dropped again. Why? Why is Almiron dropped again? He is one of our most dynamic players going forward, and especially when you haven't got a San Maximan who can dribble and drive and and, and not take nothing away from Fraser. I, th- I thought he was sharp tonight in, in little bits and bobs. But I think the fact that Miggie Almiron is also one of our most, uh, our biggest tacklers in, in, in the team in the whole squad, he's useful both defensively and offensively. So th- that baffles me. And it just makes me think, does, does, just was he dropped for a reason? Does Steve Bridges not fancy him? Did he think Hendrick was the more, um, conservative uh, as you've pointed out, it just more, you know, square pegs and round holes. And it just, just didn't sit right with me. Um, but yes, as you as you mentioned, it did start better than we thought it would. We were all lamenting uh, the inclusion of Jeff Hendrick, jefe, um, in the in in the group chat, weren't we? Um, and like you say, he pops up. He pops up with a with a goal that was made in in, in Bournemouth with uh, Ryan Fraser, who had just had a shot par- parried away minutes before that. He crossed it in Callum Wilson uh, with a flick on, and, and and Hendrick, I thought, was excellent to sort of anticipate that. That ball coming in at the back post and we take the lead sort of rather unexpectedly, but you know, it's another early lead that once again, Charlotte, we have failed to hold on to. What is it about early leads that we we we, we just crumble when, when we score? We, we, we scored had, too no, early.
2: It's too early to score a goal. <laughs> That's
1: The old <laughs> adage, uh, what, what, what what is it about it? Is this a mentality thing? Or does do you think this is an intentional tactic by Bruce to once you score, so, sit back and soak it up and hopefully we'll get a second on the counter? Do you think that's intentional? Or do you think this is just a mindset, an unintentional mindset that Bruce has instilled within his squad?
2: Uh, personally, I do. I do think it's that I don't think that we are, you know, this aspirational side that goes for five, six, seven goals in a game. Um, I do think that it's uh, if we're one or you know maybe if we've got one or two goals, maybe two, but certainly one. There's this there is a sort of sit back and hope for the best, um, just sort of try and shut up sharp or um, you know we 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 came back into the game today and I think we haven't seen a lot of that and sort of credit to us for for trying, <laughs> but. Um, I do, I do think it's a right. We're ahead. Let's just hold on to that, rather than let's just fucking go for it. Sorry for my language.
1: No, no, no. Please, I, I, <laughs> I encourage it. Uh, in times like this, we need to vent. But, 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 but yeah, it's, it, 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 it's crazy that it's almost like a, an early goal is a, is a negative for us because we then invite the pressure. And, you know, it was, Chris, it was really, it was really evident from. You know, the first five ten minutes, I thought we we looked strong, and we were we were kind of running things at that point. Um, and then it went downhill. And um, but it was obvious that they were just looking to get loads of balls into the box, and give us basically give us questions to answer, even if they were easy questions to answer. A couple of headers away from Feder Fernandez, you, you know, it's, and Kieran Clark, it's you know it's meat and drink for them. But you put enough balls into the box and create enough problems, then it's 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 going to force errors. And you know they've seen that we aren't the sharpest um, in defence. You know some of our players, and 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 you know specifically looking at those 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 wide areas. You know we had, like I say, we had a winger at right back. We had Jamal Lewis, who I take your point, Chris, and I know you mentioned that on the preview as well, but I. I I think it was right to keep him in. I was happy to I was happy to have him there as well. But then you've got like Ryan Fraser, who, you know, hasn't played a lot of football recently. So looked sharp going forward. But are oh, you going to get that defensive um, backup that 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 Lewis maybe needed? And then obviously on the right hand side, it's quite weak. You got two players playing out of position. They were clearly targeting certainly that right hand side. But after about sort of thirty seven minutes, I think it was, we'd had over we'd have over twenty crosses into the box. Um, and we and we conceded as well. Like, wh- what was your take on on their the, the ease in which they were able to do that leads, and why didn't Bruce address this at half time when he had the chance? I think the particularly
3: interesting thing about them attacking down that wing is it's actually different to the way that they usually play. They actually attack down the other wing usually. So, I mean, just thinking about what might have happened when that lineup came out earlier at five o'clock there may well have been a concerted and very quick adaptation on the part of the and his coaching staff to switch that play. And I think that's indicative of something that we don't have in our coaching staff, the ability to think and respond, you know, creatively to what is going on. Um, so that was, that was quite interesting. But then just to answer your question about why Bruce didn't address that. I mean, generally he, he doesn't make early substitutions and he doesn't tend to make tweaks at time, you know, I can't think of a game where they've come out after the second half and had a change of personnel, although clearly we needed it. You know, there was 45 minutes of evidence of that we were getting pinned back and pinned back. Uh, and you mentioned Almiron earlier. I think Almiron would have been hugely useful to kind of bring on at that time because what we were doing is we were getting pinned back and then when we eventually got hold of the ball, booting it clear and it coming back and just getting pinned back further... I think what Almiron has given us over the last 18 months, two years, is he's one of those players that can pick the ball up deep and then through pace and just sheer force of will, relieve pressure by pushing the ball forward. I think there was only one moment through the game where we saw that and that was Jacob Murphy bombing forward, winning the corner that eventually led to Kieran Clark's goal after a couple of attempts there. But yeah, generally, Steve Bruce doesn't make those tweaks at half-time. Um, he probably should have brought Almiron on earlier. Uh, and then either taken murphy off or moved him up the pitch sooner i mean i'd see absolutely no reason why if something isn't working particularly in the first half you don't even need to wait until half time to make that change if you've got leaders on the pitch and you've got the respect of the team maybe this is a bit harsh and possibly naive from me you know sitting in my armchair watching the game <laughs> but could changes not have been made in the first half let alone at half time um i think the other thing just to mention is we we've spoken on this podcast Not week in, week out, but with depressing regularity about how Jamal uh, Lascelles over the last couple of years has faded to a degree. But I think we did really miss him uh, in this game just for that leadership and to the same extent also Richie as well. So two leaders on the pitch that we missed. Um, Yeah, and I think they they kind of hampered us.
1: Well, this is it. And I I think, like, you know, the fact that their first three goals, (laughs) their first three, Grim when you have to actually just say it out loud. All came from crosses, and it and and actually, you know, on the hour when they when they went ahead, it came from our right hand side again, and it was, it, it was a it was a cross that was allowed to go in. And yes, the, the, you know, he's done really well, hasn't he? Dave, to, to 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 get that under control, a difficult ball under control, and fire a fire a ball across the you know back to the penalty spot we can't we simply can't allow free diving headers in the box from the penalty area to to go behind no no so you know it's not as if obviously it's easy to say things with hindsight, isn't it it's It's really easy for us to say things with hindsight however, the you know I spotted the amount of crosses that were going in, like you know like I say like well before the half time, so I didn't see anything, I didn't see any change in the way we played. To kind of nullify that threat or to quell, just how often they were able to get the balls into the box, and and then obviously the, the the immediate substitution straight after it was almost like you know after the horses bolted the immediate substitution after that second goal was to bring Emil Kraft on, but it, by that point it was too late because by that point it was very unlikely we were going to score two to get ahead. It was very it was almost like at that point we'd already not won the game.
2: <laughs> Lost, and, you uh, mean?
1: Yeah, so obviously he brings Kraft on and takes Hendrik off. And you just think, if he's just taken Hendrik off, brought an actual right-back on a right-back and put our right-winger at right-back right forward into right-wing where he's supposed to be playing, is that not like just a an, admi- an admission of, of by Bruce that actually maybe it would be a better idea to pay, to play players... In their natural positions, the, pl- the, the the positions and roles that they have been playing for twenty years of their life already.
2: It's so I, funny I, I, I to I don't understand it. It's so funny to me that that's even like a question. <laughs> like, should should we play this player in the player in the position he's been playing for twenty years? No, I think I'll give something else a try today. Like, what? Why? Why? It doesn't make any sense to me. That's my contribution.
3: And I think one of the other things that was really pronounce, one of the many th- errors tactically that was quite apparent today was was the huge gaps at times between the midfield and the attack. So Callum Wilson got minimal service, but he's had minimal service for a lot of the season and he's profited, you know, a decent amount of time. Jalinton was coming quite deep or was just anonymous. And there was just Callum Wilson isolated, and I think that's another reason why Elmiron's incredibly useful. Fraser, to a degree, I can forgive because he did contribute offensively, a fairly decent amount, and also he's coming back. But by having that gap, that he, you know, at times gulfs between the midfield and the attack, by isolating Wilson, who is our only real kind of attacking threat in that in that lineup that we had today, you're putting you're inviting more pressure on the defence because there's nothing defensively that Leeds have to think about they can just focus on on pushing and pressing uh, and going forward themselves so i think that was while it's a, an attacking failing actually it just heaped more pressure on the defence as well
1: this is it and you know out of possession as you've said we were incredibly deep we sat incredibly deep um and as you've mentioned there that did two things that did two negative things for me firstly it invited the pressure, it invited the shots, it invited the crosses that uh, were ultimately our undoing. Um, and the other thing it did was, like you've mentioned there, it absolutely isolated our strikers, our, our attackers, and it made those transitions into counterattacks incredibly difficult because, you know, we're missing, we're missing players like Almiron, like you say, who are that conduit between the lines. Who between who can bring the ball out, like you say, can relieve pressure, can win a free kick because he he's got good tight control. He's quick, you know. he's again, it's about asking the opposition questions, and we did not ask enough questions tonight. We were once again, and it's been a recurring theme as uh, as as you mentioned before, Chris. It's sort of with the with the pressing frequency. It's like we. Um, we are just too easy to play against and in, in an attacking sense, we absolutely were you were right because we were sat so deep, it meant that the like you say that distance b- between our you know our defense and midfield those two banks of four and our attackers were just it was just huge, it was too big and I think what was really disappointing is because in the first five or ten minutes i th- I thought the link play between um Joe Linton and Ryan Fraser and Wilson was quite was really smart and tidy and 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 I thought Joe Linton you know held off players with good strength and laid it off well and Wilson had a couple of canny and they were winning like headers for each other and Fraser was getting involved and it it felt it felt good it felt good um Charlotte do you, do you think given given the fact that 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 Leeds and you know I've got a my mate Danny a uh, big Leeds fan as, you know he was saying this week that the last two the, their last two performances leads were honestly about the worst he'd seen under Bielsa which is quite bold and you know I was immediately like well come on man you've you've had a brilliant season in the championship you're doing fairly well in the premier league given you've just come up um you know stop whining you know <laughs> telling him how to support his football club not that it's uh, that's what we do but we you you wonder like they came into this game on the back of some really bad form, they were low and confidence. Charlotte, do you think do you think we ultimately gave Bielsa and Leeds too much respect? The fact that we were sitting so deep. It's not like we're at the Etihad or Old Trafford or Anfield. Do you know what I mean? That it's Leeds and they were below us and they're newly promoted. They play good football, but they are vulnerable at the back. Did did we just give them too much respect?
2: Well, kind of, but I also feel like that's just our approach. Like I don't know that it would have been that different for another team that's the kind of that's the kind of lack of um faith that I have in how we are set up by our head coach it it's such that I don't I don't I'm not convinced that against another team we would have played any differently or set up any differently we certainly did give them respect i mean i i do want to talk about that fifth goal, I know it's sort of jumping all over the place a little bit. No, no, go
1: for it, go for it. But
2: if you look at that fifth goal, which, you know, they're playing over and over again, Harrison got the man of the match and all of that. Um, He is on his own, running up the pitch with the ball. There are four of our defenders on him. Nobody goes near him. They're all just around him. The space that he has is absolutely unbelievable. Like, you would just, I, I, I cannot understand why not one of them has gone for it. Like, it is him on his own and and four four of us and 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 he he manages to get through and score that's outrageous to me like I know it's the end of the game and I know that we are all tired and we've had COVID, and leads a much fitter squad than us but Jesus Christ like they're already two ahead of you just fucking tackle it like I don't understand. Um, no, this this is it.
1: And and this was a this was a theme. I I I raised this as well um in the Chelsea game when Werner was allowed to for Tammy Abraham's goal in and if the post if you can remember but it was Werner basically ran
2: mm-hmm.
1: from the from from his own half and there wasn't even a tactical foul in there. Yeah there was nothing there was just like like you say just tackle him just stop what's happening stop their momentum yeah and let's regroup like for the, like you say, for those last two goals, the counter. I mean, we had like two men. It was like five on two, I and mean, that that fourth one was embarrassing. They were queuing up. Mm-hmm. Any one and it was ended up the, the number ten left back ended up scoring. Like that's, I mean, that tells you that tells you a lot when they're playing at number ten at left back about them exploiting our right hand side. <laughs> but it, it, you're right. Just like just stop play. Someone just sacrifice himself, get a yellow card, so we can regroup. So we're not. So we're not. It's not an embarrassing mess at the end of the night, which you'd end up having. You know. Yeah. I, I, you're right. Like, and it's this question of desire. You know, yeah. their, their counterattacks, like you say, in the 85th minute, the 88th minute, when they scored those last two goals, their their willingness to just want we want more. I'm not satisfied with four. I want a fifth. And yeah, that fifth one, beautiful strike. But I he, mean, but he's he's just. He's just kind of gone for it. He's just thought, well, he's kind of shrugged. Nobody's up with us. We're 4-2 up, dying minutes. Fuck it, I'll have a a shot. And hell of a strike. But where's that pressure on him? And, uh, you know, at that point, we're probably probably throwing bodies forward. We're probably throwing bodies forward. But I think what's alarming is for those two counterattacks, Charlotte, those... It was the lack of energy and desire for our midfielders to get back to stop it. If you if you watch that fourth one again, which I just think is one of the most embarrassing goals we've scored this season. And yes, I know we were pushing or trying to push for an equal, <laughs> but it, it was it even we had it, it was just the the lack of desire to get back. And it's just like, are these players do they believe in Bruce? Are they fighting for him? These are the questions we need to be asking. It, we we all know what Bruce is like. We all know his limitations, and we all know that he's probably not the man for his long term, and that he doesn't really—I don't believe—he knows still what his best formation is, what his best tactic is, and what his best starting lineup is because he's he's still playing round, square pegs and round holes. But the questions we need to ask are: Has he has he lost that dressing room? Can he still get the best out of them? You know, when when people aren't just aren't running for the shirt, like you don't, we can't replace all the players. What, like, what are we doing? What, Chris? What are your thoughts on that? Do you think, do you think we the, the players are enough behind Bruce to see us through the rest of the season? Because what I don't want to happen, and it and it, and it could very easily happen, is that this could be a catalyst. As, as easy it was that we got a couple of wins on the bounce, could this be a catalyst for a dreadful run right in the point where? We have winnable games. We have, you know, a, a cup quarterfinal. There's there's big games coming up. We, we can't afford to let this, um, r- you know, ruin the, the, that potential that we've got for those other games.
3: I think there is a risk of of going on a bit of a losing run here, not least because of the fixtures that we talked about earlier. Um, but you know, I don't I don't think that Steve Bruce has has lost that dressing room on the base of one defeat. And that's, I think, sadly indicative of over Steve Bruce's tenure at the club. And to be fair, under Rafa Benitez as well, it's always been a little bit mini boom and then bust. You know, there's always been really terrible defeats and then sometimes a a decent response. And then it's kind of, it's that waxing and waning, ebbing and flowing, you know, opposites, um, bipolar, Setup that we have, but no, I don't think the players have, have given up under Steve Bruce. But what I would say is that one shining light for me, and it remains to be seen what happens about this, is that at the at the time of recording, we are closer to the end of Steve Bruce's contract than we are from the start. So we are
1: on, <laughs> yeah, on the way. Have to you got like a have them. you got like a calendar on your on your on your wall I'm that you're just crossing off, off yeah, in yeah. red <laughs> with a red sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do, do you think? Because obviously, you know what. What also worries me is Steve Bruce's comments post match about saying how up until the seventy fifth minute everything was fine. I didn't think. I didn't think everything was fine. I thought. I thought our second goal, um, which was again great delivery, great had it down. Um, more scoring defenders um, back in business, um, but it, again, it felt like a bit. Against the run of play, a bit smash and grab. You know, it didn't feel like it was part of a convincing and meaningful attacking performance tonight. It was just. And, and look, I, you know, I'm not going to criticise goals. It was, it was a great goal, and it, that gets us back to that gets us back to two two. Chris, do you, do you feel that like a, a two two? Do you think there was a moment there where we we actually could have taken the game to them? That, do you think that gave us enough impetus to be able to, or did you think that, even though we got ourselves the two-two, that we are not convinced that we were going to actually uh, build upon that? What were your thoughts? Can you remember?
3: Yeah, I think it was. It's a marker of how lucky we've been under Steve Bruce with those ridiculous either comebacks, like Everton. I know Charlotte was at that game, and I, I remember listening to her matchday uh, podcast, crying in the stands out of just sheer bewilderment. as what the fuck had happened. Um, but you know for for every comeback like that, there's a game where we've squeaked three points with a terrible performance you know multiple times this season, not even last season. so I think it's a marker of how lucky we are on the Bruce that I wasn't necessarily worried at either half time or when they went two one up because I thought that you know this club has a lot of lucky days, and I thought that we could have stolen a draw or even more at that point um. Yes, I wasn't lucky, but how how wrong I was proven.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily point fingers. Um, You know, there were there were numerous um, individual errors that led to the goals, Um, crosses being allowed to go in, possession being lost, um, markers not being picked up. You know, I think there was. I don't really want to point, you know, point fingers for individual errors that led to goals necessarily, although it's something to be aware of, but. Charlotte, what in terms of sort of individual performances, what 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 were your most kind of def- what, who were you most disappointed with, I guess, or do you th- or did you just think everyone was as culpable as everyone else?
2: Well, it was an evening of quite a lot of individual errors. To be honest, I felt very little cohesion from our team. Maybe the first fifteen twenty minutes, like you mentioned there with the Joe Linton, Wilson link up stuff, like that wasn't um, too bad, but I felt like there was yeah, like just such a little cohesion across the whole squad tonight. Um, Sean Longstaff has had an absolute shocker tonight. Like there is no, there are no two ways about it. He was not very good. And it was his fault. I think, was it the third goal went in? Um, I mean, he yes,
1: didn't. Yes, he lost, he lost possession, yeah. In, he in didn't just lose
2: there. possession. He had, he had the ball. You know, he, he had a ample chance to clear it and he just sort of held onto it. And then, and then it's Harrison again, and he and I watched it back, and he quite literally, I'm not, you know, I'm not being hyperbolic here. He quite literally runs rings around Sean Longstaff, like he gets the ball off him, he gets he gets it out, he gets it over to. Oh God, I can't remember who scored that one, but one of the five players that scored because each of their goals was scored by a different player tonight, um, and. Um, and then he just, he just, he can get, he gets himself free of, of Longstaff at every opportunity, like before we take some seconds to notice where Harrison's gone, you know, to stay on him. And, um, and that was just a theme, like he just couldn't hold onto the ball tonight. He was just, you know, that goal was his fault. And, um, and I, I thought it was particularly bad and I don't want him to be, I really like Sean Longstaff and I think, you know, there was so much potential there, but. Tonight was not his game, it was terrible, and, um, yeah, I thought Fernandez had a good first half, and then sort of you know, we just sat back in that second half and just he became anonymous as well, and you know generally, generally not great from anyone <laughs> chris,
1: Chris, what are your thoughts
3: yeah just to just to riff on Sean Longstaff's pain, I think that's one of a number of poor performances from him of late. And I, I agree completely with Charlotte. I, I like Sean Longstaff. I think there is a decent player in there. You know, he obviously hasn't hit the heights that he did when he broke through, as we discussed on, on the preview podcast. But I think he needs a spell out of the side. Um, I'm not J. Shelby's biggest fan, but, you know, we need to be seeing him in the next game unless something's gone seriously awry in terms of fitness or anything. Um, I, I think Sean Longstaff needs a spell out of the side. I think just to just to talk about positives and how few positives there are, I think reflects how negative the game was. But I think Ryan Fraser coming back from um, you know, not starting for, for quite a while was, was pretty decent. Um, and as you say, Fernandez, and then I think Darlow. But extra to that, Wilson was isolated. So I think it's quite difficult to say whether he had a decent game or not because he didn't really have much of the ball, but yeah, very, very few positives there.
1: Charlotte, how about you? Uh, any positives you can draw from today?
2: Yeah, Darlow, even though he let in five goals, actually played very well. Um, <laughs> um What else? No, 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 that's, that's your lot, I think. Um, It was just, it was just deeply uninspiring this evening. Um, But you know what? Here's a positive. I I can spin something for you. Um, We're a very reactionary side and we we answer these questions in the next game. And we've got Fulham, who are so beatable this Saturday. Is it Saturday or Sunday? It's Saturday, isn't it? Um, We have a real chance here. And if our form, if you can call it that, shows us anything, it's that we can come out of a game like this or you know a defeat and um and produce something in the next game so that's my positive that we're
3: gonna sorry charlotte it's also in just just a couple of days so as we saw in the championship remember those good old days where we had games seemingly every every couple of days there's there's the the opportunity not just to respond against a poor side but to respond pretty quickly now we'll see whether fitness issues cause issues there but you know the, the opportunity to respond quickly I think is 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 welcome
1: yeah I think this is um like I say it could go <laughs> this is Newcastle United this could go either way and what we need this to do is we need to pull out a performance I think against Fulham to give us the momentum uh, for the cup because the heads are going to be solo after that it wasn't just a defeat that we got absolutely battered in the end and we we got, we got exactly what we deserved tonight. I don't think we did enough. I don't think we showed enough effort or desire to come away from Ellen Road for, with, you know, with all three points, let alone a draw. So, you know, hopefully Bruce can look at this game and see where he went wrong. And I think that, sub, that first substitution was an indication that he realized that he'd got it wrong. And he shouldn't. You should actually maybe play right backs at right back, for example. Uh, you know, for to just give him one little hint. Um, but I think um, I think we'll I think we'll end it there. It's been a it's been a really disappointing evening. Um, it's been dreadful to watch. And th- th- like you say, this has been all too common uh, this season. We need we need we need Bruce Dewey and his money now. We, he needs to you know rally these troops for the next couple of games because they're going to be huge um they're really important and i think this this you know the next few games could define our season which way we're going to go um particularly with that cup game which i think is is something that we can all maybe back back bruce behind because he's got us to the quarter final however once that once that cup run goes he's kind of got nothing else to hide behind so the, the sooner he can sort this out the sooner he can find some kind of stability with, with, with all these such fluctuating performances are uh, the better for us. Um, but sadly, I don't, <laughs> I can't see the pattern changing. I think it's going to be random. I think it's going to be illogical. I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be a mixed bag all season. So here's to more nights like this folks. eh? Mm-hmm. um, anyway, I'll, 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 I'll finish there and, and thank, uh, Charlotte and Chris very much for joining me um you've been listening to the true faith podcast uh we have a patron which is about seven pounds a month six if you six pounds a month mm. look at that just, just slicing prices i am it's pre Christmas um,
2: <laughs> some kind of
1: there you go so down to six, 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 six quid a month uh loads of great content we've got the pro view we've got keith gillespie and andy griffin um as part of that we have prem Pater, we have loads and loads of stuff including charlotte own show Charlotte do you want to yes we've got a Christmas party edition coming up on Friday Charlotte do you want to tell do you want to tell our lovely lovely uh, listeners about that yes
2: just a very quick one Um, Friday night I do the Charlotte show usually 7pm till 8pm on live on YouTube you can write your comments you can write your questions we'll respond to them uh, this Friday I am going to turn it into a little Christmas party so we'll have lots of people dropping in and out um, including I hope Adam will join me, Chris maybe, maybe not maybe people have lives on a Friday I'll
1: be, I'll be there Charlotte, um, I've got no lives
2: <laughs> um, And I think, um, I think some special guests will join us as well um, so please do join us uh, live on YouTube on 7, at 7pm 7 just search True Faith in Newcastle United podcast on YouTube
1: You heard Charlotte there. I would definitely, definitely heed that advice. Mm -hmm. Uh, To all your listeners, thank you very much for sticking with us to the end. We've been True Faith and we'll see you next time. Cheers.